Good morning, Clemence. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Paula? I'm great. I'm really excited. Me too. <laughs> so for anybody who didn't listen to the first episode, this is episode two of our new podcast collaboration series entitled Cracking Coaching. So our last one was about maybe six weeks ago. So we're, we're recording a number of them so that we can release the series all together. So this is number two, and this one is going to be called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. What do you think about that title? <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. So what do we mean by this? We mean that career coaching or any kind of coaching has different elements to it. There is all of the awesome stuff that we fit under the category of what is good, not just for the coach, but also for the client. And then we have the stuff that's not so great, which can be challenging, can also be downright hilarious. And then we have the bits that are ugly, um, and perhaps better put is things that are also challenging, difficult obstacles that need to be overcome. Um, and again, that's on the coaching side and that's on the client side. So we wanted to have this uh, episode today to, to get behind some of these elements so that people can have a really good look at this stuff. I'm nodding along. <laughs> nodding along. You know, this is a, it's a podcast. They can't hear you nodding. <laughs> can't hear the <laughs> but I can see you nodding, so that's great. <laughs> so, uh, so what's the weather like in France today? It's uh, beautiful and super cold. It's like a Montreal weather. It's bright, ah. the sky is blue, the sun is out, and it's incredibly cold. What's the weather like in Spain? Well, in Malaga, in Andalusia, it is around 17 degrees and sunny. So the afternoon when you can get out there, especially on the beaches, is really nice. You can walk around in your t-shirt, but as soon as you get to around 6 o'clock, then it's, yeah, then it's winter and uh, I'm at home with the heating on and yeah, jumpers, slippers, you know, and stuff like that. five degrees here, so yeah. very cold. But I'm not allowed to complain right. to anyone and, so. I'm, and I'm not allowed to talk about the weather with anybody in my family in Canada. It's yeah, just, it's a non-subject <laughs> because we're there living in Alberta, it's minus 25, so yeah i just yeah we don't we don't have very many weather conversations but yeah we're lucky they even still talk to you in the winter (laughs) yeah they should just say call us in may that's that's not a bad strategy i think i might try that particularly with my younger sister (laughs) they don't want to know like you know some people you can send whatsapp photos to and you're on the beach and you're you're living this awesome winter sun life here in in andalusia um, but there's certain people in my life that I just, by sending them that, I'm just, <laughs> just going to piss them off or make them insanely jealous. So I just don't bother. Not fair enough. But yeah, it's great. It's great. We're really lucky. So, Enjoy. Um, so let's start with the good. Okay. So what are the great, the good aspects of career coaching? Yeah, that's a good one. Should we start with the um, for the client or for the coach? Let's start with the client. All right. So career coaching, the great. Um, so it's kind of like in the best case scenario, you have a really good 
will match with your coach and you you know you transform right so really um and it can and and what i like to think about is um the fact that the big transformation sometimes is really big it's literally just changing careers changing lives completely sometimes that happens but sometimes the big transformation it it can manifest itself in really small ways yes but that can be a huge change for someone so i was i was um this is actually not even an example from one of my clients because this is how my brain is working right now uh, <laughs> but i love i love it so much i was i was listening to a podcast i can't remember the context of it but the person was saying how they were working on their boundaries yes and they had really bad you know boundaries. so so boundaries is something that comes up a lot in coaching and so that person was saying um that they were getting coached and they their coach gave us exercises gave exercises right and one of the exercises was next time you're in a restaurant and you make as you know you make your order as specific as possible if you if you get your plate and there's something wrong on it you have to send it back and that person in that moment when they did that said that was the transformative moment ah. which seems so small to some no. people who do it all the time but for someone who's never done it before it was like oh this was the moment that they realized that they can just you know express their needs or put up a boundary yes. just, yeah mm-hmm. so i i kind of love that as an example of just like you know something that can feel small to someone yes at the beginning it opens the way of if something yeah what you're not happy with something isn't acceptable then you need to you need to to say it and ask um, yeah that's great it is it's huge it's huge if somebody hasn't done that before that's a really great what about like what do you think so for what me what's great and i think i mentioned before in our first episode that the reason why i do coaching is the is the change in the person's career the transformational part of it um, which isn't just for the job that they do but also for their lives so if they change their work which is into something which is more rewarding, more fulfilling, um, makes them feel right, happy. Maybe they're learning more. Maybe they are reaching their potential. Maybe they're using skills that they haven't used for a long time. Maybe they develop new skills that are completely in a different avenue. But whatever it is that they've done uh, changes their lives and in in a positive direction. Um, So work isn't just, oh, this is something I have to do and a chore. And I have to earn money, which is, you know, the case for a lot of people. But work is, you know, if you can, if you can reach that ideal situation where work is your passion and it's your purpose and it brings you joy and you're good at it and the world needs it and you can be paid for it, you are mm-hmm. in the most awesome place. So when that happens for clients, this is beyond good. This is like fantastic. This is just, this is amazing. So it's why I do what I do. But it's also, I believe, from the client perspective, you know, when you get feedback from clients, this is this is what they're saying. Perhaps not just the the destination of, oh, the coach helped, the career coaching helped get me there, but also the journey. Um, you you hear clients say, what is good is feeling that they're listened to, feeling that they're supported, exploring things that they haven't. Yeah. I often like to look at the clients as they have the answers 
they have a lot of this, but it hasn't it hasn't been pulled out. They haven't reflected on it. So they enjoy the process a lot of the time because it's it's not overnight. You, you're giving mm -hmm. them exercises to work on and they're they're evolving through this mm -hmm. process. So but you know probably the, the great majority of the feedback is what they got at the end, where they ended up, where the destination was at the end. And when you can be part of that, it's just amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's a privilege and an honor. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's why, it's why we do it. So that's, you know, that's good. And then also another thing I would say from a coaching perspective is the, is the diversity of clients. So one of the things I love about is not, you know, not knowing, you know, the profile of the client that you will take on mm. and having that huge, you know, diversity of their backgrounds, their, their nationalities, their, their locations, the markets that they work in, the sectors that they specialize in. Mm. So, you know, I've coached graduates who are trying to get their first job coaching you know, lots and lots of executives who are making changes, uh, people that are people that have maybe been made redundant or people that are consciously saying, no, I have job security, but I want to change it. Um, so working and meeting all these amazingly different people who all want, they all have in common is that they want to make that career change, but exactly where they are in that process is different. And then, you know, how, how they're going to get there, what their priorities are. This this is great. This is great. It's so rich, you know, just being able to have the privilege to meet these different types of people. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm going to make such a, you know, a Clemence typical uh, comment, but I was, I was listening to you and I was like, that's the same for me. I love how different everybody's story is and kind of you're going on that journey together and you just, and every journey is different yes. and pace and everything. But I just always also think that when you peel back a couple layers, yes, underneath it, so much of it is the same. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that all my clients are the same or that I'm become some kind of robot. But I mean, just in the sense of like, underneath it, it's about you know just finding that flame again. You know, yes. within yourself or yes. giving yourself a bit more like the permission to have dreams or the permission to you know, whatever it is, speak up in a boardroom. I mean, I have all of these examples as well, and they're all really different, or just dream up your career or or have a career uh, that has an impact, a positive impact on the world, or that's just more aligned with your values, or just whatever it is, just there is a little bit of permission in there, just, okay, permission to just be a, just even just take the time for yourself, that time every week or every two weeks, to meet with someone and talk about your own yes. story and just, you know, this it's like the best gift you could possibly give yourself, I think, for sure. And it's just, and 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 so so just then taking that time, reflecting, and then realizing, okay, yeah, this is actually what I want to do. This is how we're gonna accomplish that. But there's always a layer underneath that's a little bit of, this is just something that needs a bit of care, you know. Just yes. Kind of, yeah. Like you said, being heard, non-judgmental. I mean, I, I feel like the kind of feedback that I get from my clients often is about that, about just having that space, just that breathing room and just feeling like, oh, I could, could talk about my, you know, innermost 
thoughts and I didn't feel judged and also that there is a place of play, right? That, I mean, I just, I'm, this is my personality. I, I like to bring fun to everything. Yeah. So yeah. I take things really seriously because it's, it's, it's a really important job and it's a really important moment in that person's life, you know? Mm-hmm. Every coaching session is really important, but, but just there is a sense of play because you can explore this possibility, this, this possible life, right? So there is a sense also of a thread that's, that kind of starts to run through all of the client stories, right? That's, that's, uh, yeah, that kind of, okay, I can open my eyes and see something a bit different. And just from that different angle, everything changes. And that's, I think that's my favorite part. Yeah, I I can recognize that there, there is a, there is a sort of aha moment, or sometimes (laughs) I call it a money shot. Um, There is, there is a moment during the, the coaching process where where they they realize you know the the direction they mm-hmm. they know clearly you know real real clarity on this is what i want to do and and i'm 100% sure about this and that might happen with one person very early on with another one it can be a slightly different road to get there but yeah that's a that's a commonality of all clients is when that happens and I love it um, mm-hmm. and the, of course you know once you once you have that clarity there's then a lot of action that needs to be taken by the client of how to how to get there you know and then we, we talk about building a bridge and, and various other things to to get there but I do love that I do love that clarity very mm-hmm. rarely have I had a client who comes to a coaching process with it already and said I know what it is that I want to do I know the change yeah. I want to make and I need your help to action that. Yeah. I think that's only happened once. Yeah, that's that happened to me a couple of times, but I agree that it's rare. And yeah. then generally, um, you know, the it, what happens really often is the first kind of topic of coaching uh, tends to change over time. Yes. You, yeah, you came for this, but actually, you know, you came for career change, but actually we end up talking about your self-confidence or whatever. Yeah. There's always... Not always, but often there's a kind of a deeper layer. Yes. And then depending on how, uh, on the type of client and their personality and how hands-on they like to be, I might just be a lot more, you know, explicit about, okay, you know, this was the goal and now we're talking about this. Is this the new goal? Is this our new journey together? And then for some other clients, it might be a little bit more implicit. But yeah, there's, there's that. I mean, again, just feeling that additional layer of, I'm talking with my hands a lot. So. <laughs> it's okay. No one can see that. <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> removing that layer of the onion. I don't know. I don't know if the onion is the right metaphor. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. But yeah, there's. We could do a, a whole podcast on just what is great, but we will yeah. have to move to the bad. So let's move on to that. So sure. stuff that's uh, stuff that's not so great when you're when you're coaching from a coaching perspective. So I'm going to say, because right now I have construction going on in my street, and hopefully you can't hear it, but no. it's, it's, it's like they're drilling inside my head. Uh, that's, a, that's a big one. Uh, disturbances yes. of all kinds, so that when there's a you know, lovely cat that walks in the background, that's nice. You, know, you can just have a little conversation about that, but then when there, yeah, there can be really you know, loud noises or just, um, you know, 
partners walking in and out or children. I mean, there's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky to keep your focus and it's also um, tricky to just, just for the client to just, you know, just knowing that their, the session is confidential or is not confidential. And yeah, what, what about you? What, what comes to mind? I would agree with what you're saying. The majority of clients will have the coaching sessions done virtually and they're usually doing them from home because it's more private. You know, they're obviously not going to have a coaching session in their office. Um, and you know, a lot of people are working from home anyway. So this is easy in many ways because it allows us to, to work together on these sessions from anywhere where we're based. The downside is you know, the distractions that you mentioned. So ones I've experienced are yeah, partners, but more kids, I think, than partners. Mm. Uh, animals, animals. There was there was one session about three or four months ago, which was actually quite funny, but had to be managed carefully. That the woman that I was coaching suddenly put her hands towards her face, like in absolute horror, and something was going on in that room which I couldn't see, and she put her because <laughs> she covered her nose and she covered her face, so. <laughs> I asked her what was going on, and yeah, she looked. She looked. Uh, she didn't look great. Uh, something was definitely bad. And so she told me that her dog had just taken a poo in the room that she was in. <laughs> so thankfully, I couldn't see the dog or the poo, and nor could I smell it, but she could. So oh she God. was dying. I mean, she's she's there in this room on a session that she's paying for with me, and oh, now there's no. this horrible smell. So I just said, okay, so um, do you want, shall we end the session? And you know, shall I shall I call you back in ten minutes? I think you're going to need to probably clean this up. Oh, and uh, yeah, so we we just we we close the call, and then yeah, 10, 10 or fifteen minutes later, we started it again. But oh, you know, God. these. There's just, yeah, there's things, animals. It's just like on film sets, you know, they always say never never work with animals and children. Well, I think, I think with virtual coaching, we probably need some similar rules, but this is life, you know, and I, I do think that as the pandemic accelerated virtual working, that we became more accepting. We, this These types of distractions have become more normalized. That said, it's really critical to quality coaching that we can give clients that they are that they are in a quiet space where they can yeah. you know really share and think yeah. and yeah. not be not be disrupted so that they can yeah. you know really really get the best out of it and it doesn't always happen no <laughs> always so i was just a uh, so so we have a little catch up before we record we can tell our our little secrets and uh, I was I was telling Paula um, that I uh, um, I I had a session a couple weeks ago with a client who was in a co-working space and it was so loud and it was just so it was just so loud I could hear it so she was definitely getting distracted and I just I just had to say at some point I just had to say okay well we've started the session so well I mean we'll just doing our best with it, but um, can you just please going forward, just make sure that you, you know, you book a private room if you're in a, in a co-working space, just because I just, I just don't think you can get, you know, all of the benefits of the, of the coaching, you know, just uh, with all the noise and also the lack of privacy and just kind of being, you're supposed, I mean, 
I don't know. It's it's hard to be fully present, you know, in a yes. in in any given situation, but particularly when there is so much kind of sensory overload. So, yeah, it's it's really important just to keep those. I mean, those kind of rules, you know, and and it's true that we have to be. I mean, we are obviously being a lot more flexible yes. with everything that's going on, and we have to advise. But it's just a also, you know, you want to make sure that your client gets the most out of the session and yes, out of the do. coaching. So, so it's kind of that little back and forth. But I have, so I have a ultimate story of distraction. Do you want to hear it? Please. Um, so, so is it is it uh, X rated? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you the story because <laughs> your face, your face is telling me it might be. <laughs> I am blushing. Okay, so this isn't a story of mine. It's a story of a friend of mine. Okay. You, that's how they always start. Oh, yeah, sure, always. <laughs> of course it was a friend of yours. Sure. So she's uh, she's a coach as well, and she was uh, she um, wanted to um, just get a bit of exposure to different clients, so she offered uh, taster sessions um, online to just a group of the uh, I don't know. I can't remember what the group was, but just said, okay, I'm, you know, I want to practice with different people. So, you know, you can sign up for a free session with me. And she's a fantastic coach. So they were very lucky to get a free session with her. And um, so she got all these experienced, like wonderful people, etc. Very diverse, very cool. She has this, uh, she had this session with this guy and she said, okay, first of all, super weird. He's in the dark. So it's a little bit creepy, right? But I was, you know, they're on really different time zones. So she was like, okay, just, you know, going along with it. And there was, and his bed was behind him in the screen, in the, in the video. And um, at some point she saw a person, a fully naked person come out of that bed. <laughs> come up and just come and have a, a chat with him. Just exchange a few sentences and then walk out. And then she just, she was just like, just oh so stunned, just so stunned, and just okay. What do I do? You know, just kind of. Did the lady of... know that he was on the screen? That he was that he was talking? I mean, I, I who knows? I mean, I don't. I I honestly I just I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't remember what she ended up doing. I need to ask her again. What happened next? How did you, you know, close the session? But yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I'm just imagining. You know, your you know your face when you're in a coaching session and just a naked person wow. oh the my goodness frame that, that is just... that is another level i mean i thought that i thought the dog crapping in the room was bad but this is like no see but you just this is virtual thing you just don't if you don't know the client and it's the first time you've had a conversation you don't know their home setup you don't know their situation and yeah truly anything can happen yeah, and it's, but it's, you know, it's taught me uh, to, you know, when you don't know someone, just to kind of, that's one of the first questions that I ask at the beginning of the session. Okay, so, because I talk about confidentiality, yes. I bring it up for myself, and I say, okay, um, is this, you know, are, are you alone in the in your house? I mean, do you have privacy? I don't ask it in a creepy, you know, murdery way. Yes. <laughs> are you alone in the house? Yes. <laughs> are you home alone? No. You know, do, are you, do you have privacy where you are now? Yeah. Uh, and then just, okay, please make sure that going forward, you know, when we meet, you try to have, you know, be in a private space. And so, yeah. so yeah, I do, I do bring it up because I just, I just, before I would just assume 
No, no, you can't. No, you can't ask you. A question as well, I've had this before, is do you record sessions? Uh, okay, so I, um, I will occasionally record sessions, uh, and that's for my supervisor. Yes. Um, I, so because I'm a, you know, I'm in this ICF process, the International Coaching Federation process, um, I have a supervisor who's a super experienced coach uh, who uh, just helps me get better at, at coaching. Excellent. And so occasionally um, I'll record a session with a client. I will always obviously ask for their consent ahead of time yeah. and I will make the session as anonymous as possible. So the supervisor will only be able to hear the session, right. but he won't know who the person is or any contact. What about you? Do you record sessions? Um, I don't. I haven't typically, unless it's related sometimes to something like uh, interview prep, uh, where where I do assessment preparation, for example, mock interviews. Mm -hmm. In that situation, the client really benefits from seeing how they come across when they're being interviewed, and they want that. So Ooh, this is good. This I'm is writing really it good. down. Yeah, I mean, a mock interview where you have a job description, a person's about to go for an interview, I prepare them, so I, I play the role of the interviewer and I am a, and I'm a trained behavioral assessor of many, many years. So I'll do sort of a structured competency-based interview against the role. I'll give them a harder interview than probably in reality they're going to get. My goal is to prepare them as much as I can with lots of uh, open questions in say six or seven competency areas so that they really are ready. Um, and, and a lot of it is to do with confidence for them, particularly if somebody hasn't uh, had an interview for some time, they're out of practice. So we, we go through that mock interview and it'll, it'll be an hour or sometimes more um, of the mock session. And they, they know, you know the types of areas, but um, I think we all have that, that aspect of thinking about how we come across rather than how we really come across. Whatever. Yeah, it's like the spotlight effect. Yeah, you bet. So whenever you watch yourself back on a video, you can see, oh gosh, you know, I, I touch my hair a lot, or I, I pause a lot, or I, there's 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 things, you know, little idiosyncrasies we have, things that we we can observe. So for for interview prep, it's really really powerful when the client can see themselves, not me, themselves play back. Um, and then they then they can they can adjust some small things in preparation for the mm -hmm. for the live interview. So useful yeah. and also super daunting. <laughs> it is daunting, um, but these are people who are committed to to landing that job and etc. And I really want to get them ready. So uh, apart from that, um, I don't initiate a recording. However, lately I've been asked twice by the same client if she can record the session because she she likes to listen to it again um and get you know it she said it it motivates her and, re, and reminds her you know the types of conversations the areas that we discuss so she actually goes back to it and and, and said that she would she would watch it again so i gave my permission for it there was really no reason not to so i said fine so she, so she she always asks and i always say yes and then she records, but she she, she uses them, and I feel I feel actually fine with it. So yeah, we have those things, um, and then I think the other thing I would put in the category of not so great is the the rare occasion where you have a a coaching client that 
is lacking the commitment to actually do the work. Mm. This is this is rare, um, and the majority of my clients are individual clients that are paying for the coaching services themselves. However, something I have observed over the last nearly two years of coaching um, is that where where I've been given outplacement clients by a large coaching consulting provider. The outplacement clients are clients who have been made redundant from a company. And so their, their employer has given an outplacement package to all the people that are going to be let go to go and have career coaching to support them to find their next role. But I have observed a difference um, in commitment at times with outplacement clients and the the only thing I can really be sure of is that as it's not their money and they haven't initiated it and it's mm. been given to them that their their level of commitment is not the same as people who have said no I really really need this and I'm going to ask for some expert advice on this um, mm. so I'm not at all saying outplacement clients aren't committed and individuals are. That's that's not my experience. But what I am saying is where I've, where I've experienced someone who's coming on the sessions who's showing a lack of commitment, they're not doing the work. They're, they're wanting to get to the end but not actually do the work. Those have been people where the service is being paid for. That's interesting. I think that's um, my experience. I'm trying to think. I have more experience with... Um, you know, direct clients, or even when I yeah. work with an agency, it's still um, private individuals mm -hmm. who pay themselves. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's probably different, but I would say that um, I, I I tend to um, I mean my first the first session the first kind of introductory session is a it's a screening process kind of I mean it's a chemistry test between yes. the client and the coach. But for me, it's also a screening process in the sense that if I feel like someone is kind of they're toying with the idea, but they're not fully ready and fully committed, I I won't engage with them. I'll just um I'll just tell them to you know have a think and come back to me later or um, you know just because I I know that um basically I mean I I don't know I guess I guess I could just say okay well send me your money and I don't care but that's just not how I work and um. I just, uh, you know, if, if someone isn't committed, I know that they're, if they're not fully committed, I know that they're not going to get the most out of the coaching. And then I just, for me, that's really not a good experience. Um, so, so, so yeah, I do, I do uh, kind of have that filter. And I have, a, I have a friend actually who said that, who told me that I love that we were talking about that and she was saying that um, in the first se session, she coaches through to get to the, you know, what's the, the ideal outcome for you, you know, how much, you know, how important is this to you on a scale of one to ten? Yes. And if the person says something below eight out of ten, she says, okay, come back to me later. <laughs> well, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, there's different things you can do to try and filter it out at the outset. I use a career change questionnaire and different things at the beginning to try and get there. And, you know, the, the vast majority of the time, they're there but occasionally you will start with someone but when you actually get further on where you have to do the work they have to start doing the research they have to start doing quote-unquote homework between yeah. sessions then this starts to fall down and then the momentum 
of when you can book the sessions with them also falls down. Mm. The people that are very committed and want to achieve that objective, they want to speak to you once a week, or you know, you have a schedule that they absolutely keep to that. They, they really want that outcome, the vast majority. But um, yeah, it can be challenging to, to have a client in that situation. You know, you, you have to go at their pace, um, but ultimately mm. you want to deliver the outcome and the obstacle of delivering the outcome in that situation is, is them. So I, in one situation, what I did is I paused it for three months with the individual. I, I paused it. And there were some other things going on in my personal life as well. And I felt that those were the things that were um, causing the, the lack of momentum. So that paused for three months rather than saying, we won't move forward. It was, we'll, we'll stop here. And when you feel ready, um, then you come back to me when this has been sorted and then we'll move again. And it, and it did, it worked in that instance to, to, to yeah, change that, it. That is a sense, you're right. I mean, I, I, I find that that tends to happen generally, like let's say around session, you know, three or four, <laughs> there's a, there can be a little bit of a slump. Yes. And what I like actually um, with a company that I'm working with, they, I, uh, I mean, some of their processes are really interesting. And one of them is that, um, uh, during the first session, you talk about, you go through, you know, the first session kind of process, and you talk about resistance. So you name resistance, you know what resistance is, if they don't know, you explain it. So resistance for uh, people who don't know what it is, it's just exactly what you, it sounds like it's just when you get to, when you're just, when you're just before the change, yes. you know, um, you're, everything about humans really wants status quo right we're just these animals who just want to stay the same just have you know food and water and sleep <laughs> and just stay the same and so 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 as as you know as change is about to happen just and that's something that's been proven by psychology um we just kind of dig in our heels and just just kind of we don't want that change so we start resisting mm -hmm. and that's just something that's normal and always happens it's just proven it always happens so naming it in the first session is really beneficial because you're saying okay this is something that will probably happen at some point yes. and what what will happen is you might resent the coaching you might resent me you might you know all of these things might happen so what do we do if that happens so you make a plan with the with the client and you just say okay well so very often people say, well, just call me out on my BS. Okay, right. So you're giving me this permission. <laughs> of course, you know, four sessions later, they forgot that they gave you this permission. So you just can come back to, remember when we talked about resistance, you know, and just you ask, right? Because as a coach, you can notice things, but you're still, you know, your client is, is the one who knows, right? So you ask, I, you know, I, am I noticing some resistance? Is this what's going on with you? Does that resonate? And then if they say yes, okay, well, you know, what do you want to do about it? And just kind of calling them out on that. If they show up a bit late or if their homework, they're, they're not as thorough with it or if they're just being a bit resistant even in the session to some questions and just kind of, you can tell that, that, that the resistance is probably showing up. There might also be other reasons that yeah, are completely different and then they might just say, no, you know what, what's going on is that I yeah. have all of these other things going on and generally, you know, the, this kind of in, the initial like energy burst of, uh, of starting this coaching process maybe has eroded a bit and that yeah. has with them and that's also okay but it's just like okay so 
are you still committed to this goal? Okay, so, you know, then you're, what are you going to do, right? So how are you rearranging your priorities? So you kind of bring it back to, just bring it back to them and just kind of, because there's that moment of like, you know, just, you know, ultimately I'm committed to this goal because you're paying me to, you know, to achieve this goal with me, but it's your life, it's your career you want to change. So, so kind of putting the responsibility back on them or just saying, okay, you, you know, you're spending this time, this energy, this commitment uh, on these, in this process, but if you're kind of half there, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get there together. So what do we do, right? So just bringing it back to, okay, as a team, what do we do? Yeah, I think, and, I think it's yeah. really critical to be to be flexible and to, and this is something that I've enjoyed doing with my own coaching practice rather than following the process of larger career consultancies, which are a bit more a script in going from one stage to another. I think yeah. it's really important that coaches have flexibility in pausing things, changing things, adjusting things as these things can come up, this resistance. And, and something I probably put a bit more in the category of ugly rather than bad is where where a client reaches the, the clarity of what it is that they want, they, they know the focus, but what's limiting them from taking the action is actually people in their lives. Mm. And I didn't experience this when I first coached um, it was later on that I had a few clients realize that that was going on because you want to imagine, and certainly it's often the case that your your family, your your partner, your your kids, the closest people to you, your friends, that they are supporting you in making this change, and that's fantastic to have that support. You really need that, and actually that's why a lot of clients come to us because their people in their family say to them, you know, you really should go do this you'd really benefit from that sometimes even family members pay for somebody to go and get this expertise but what i've yeah. also seen is uh, situations where the obstacle the limitation for the individual is actually taking action which the closest people to them don't really support mm -hmm. so for example someone is in a stable public sector job they've been in that job for 25 years what does that bring your life your family stability so it doesn't necessarily mean that in every situation that you've got a bunch of fans that are like totally behind you if you are now going to be making a, a, a career change that is going to change, you know, financials, is going to change how often you're around, it's going to change many, many things. So that places the individual in a, in a difficult position because they might have the clarity, absolutely, and the vision and the motivation of where the direction but actually getting there and now taking the action is going to require some different decisions and some friction. Um, so that, that is a very, that is a unique coaching challenge uh, to support somebody through that, to try and, you know, persuade people in their family to start doing things slowly and start to make that, that transition in, into a new direction. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's one I've seen probably a handful of times. And it's not always apparent at the beginning why the person isn't taking some of the action forward. You don't know at the beginning. You think or might assume that it's, it's sitting with them, that maybe they're not clear enough, maybe they're not committed enough, but actually it can be more than that. And it can be the lack of support of people closest to them.
here yeah limitations uh, for sure so I put that in the ugly category uh, if it's important to support them through that um, you know, we talked about having clients that might not be ready uh, or committed um, probably the ugliest thing that I've seen from a coaching perspective is and this has happened twice our clients who have taken coaching with an objective of changing their careers but for some reason more related to their personalities I would say um, they don't want to take the direction so you talked about the resistance earlier this is resistance with a big R so they're not they're not taking um, any advice any guidance they're not doing the work they're they're pushing back really hard on it but they it's it's strange because they've taken the decision to pursue the coaching to change their career but they're they're rallying against it so mm. it could be small things as something that is in the cv or the way the cv has been written so you're giving them the professional advice on you know you should make your linkedin profile look like look like this or you should try and adjust this like this because you know what works but they they're not interested in taking on the advice they they put themselves somehow into the role of the expert except they're not um, mm. they're paying you to be and you're, you're getting this great resistance and and that that for me as a coach is the ugliest the mm. ugliest part of coaching on the rare occasion when you come across somebody like that fits that profile have you had that i'm trying to think but i don't think in those exact terms but i've definitely encountered resistance um i, I guess i mean what I tend to think is that that's, you know, it's just a reminder that to the client that, you know, things are about to change, right? Mm -hmm. So, 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 and then for myself, I just try to remind myself that it's part of the process mm -hmm. and that it's an opportunity because generally when we get through it together, um, the, the kind of the coaching relationship goes deeper. And that's when the team kind of, because we've gone through this, you know, kind of more hectic phase together. Um, so, so I find that I wouldn't. I don't know if that's the ugliest. I would say. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's definitely, there are definitely a lot of. You know, I I think that's really the big the big thing is about the match, which I feel like I'm getting better at because I mean, um, I've so I've been doing this for five years, so so I feel like. You know, I definitely learned a lot, and I probably learned a lot from like, you know, there probably were um, tougher experiences in the first couple of years when I just wasn't paying as much attention to yes. to the fit. Yes. Um, and so, so I would say, uh, probably from the client side is the same, right? Just like a bad fit, right? Just being matched with the wrong coach, um, just personality, whatever it is, just the pace, uh, everything, the style. Um, there's so many, I mean, there's as many styles of coaches as there are coaches out there. And, <laughs> and so just kind of taking that time to just shop around, you know, and just yeah. making sure that you're working with the right person because it's important. It is really important. Is important. And I think that from the coach's side as well, like just, I mean, I'm lucky enough that I'm in a position where I can say no to a client if the fit is wrong. Yes. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of, 
just knowing, you know, knowing that, um, but, I, but I would say like the ugliest uh, in my own kind of in my book um, is the, and this is something that happens also with, you know, psychology, the transfer, right? Just kind of, uh, you know, somewhat just having, um, getting attached, you know, if yes. the client gets attached to the coach or the oh, coach yes. gets attached yes. to the client yes. or both, you know? Um, yeah. That's something that can happen, and I think it's a, it's slightly taboo. I, I don't know. It's just not brought up a lot in the coaching circles that I frequent. Uh, but uh, in psychology, it's discussed a lot, and I think it's really important because it's something that it, it can happen. It's it's a it's like a kind of a strange intimacy that you develop with someone, um, and that where you know the boundaries have to be really clear uh, from from the coaches and then it's really important to have that professional demeanor and just make oh, sure yeah. that you know exactly. yeah boundaries are clear I, I mean I just I have a couple of stories like that um and yeah it's just I mean it's just really important to you know just kind of when you when you feel things being a bit well just basically the bottom line is name things whatever thing is going on just name it right just put a word to it and just have the conversation um yeah no i think it's i think the boundaries are critical what i would say as well is i don't i think the consultations or the fit calls are important and i think you can gain a lot from them but i i still believe that you can get much further down the coaching process until you really start to see somebody yeah. Right. So I guess what I'm what I'm saying is that in 20 minutes on a consultation fit call, um, you don't know a lot, and so mm -hmm. it's it's not so you what you might think is a good fit could later on not be a good fit, and yeah. I will say that also from the client perspective because we're not talking about just the good, the bad, and the ugly from a coaching perspective. So there will be many clients. I had one this week who had already had a coaching session with a different coach. Uh, it didn't work out for the client. The client requested a coach change. And so I had my first session with the client this week. Huge, and they're taking that on. They haven't had a good start. Um, and for that individual, what they found with the coach was that the coach was pushing them you know, at quite a pace, almost like there's a process and the person's like a robot. That's how the client felt. That it wasn't evolving. There wasn't enough. There weren't enough questions being asked. It wasn't so much of an exploration. Perhaps she wasn't being listened to as much. And it was so, okay, so you're going to do this, and then I'm going to do your documents, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that. And it, it wasn't a good match for the client. So I think this is, this is challenging for clients. I mean, I always marvel at, particularly the way that we're doing this virtually, that these people who we've never met and may never met in person are are sharing so much you know they're really opening up about their lives about their circumstances they are you know putting themselves in a vulnerable position to say this is where i am this is what making me happy this is what's holding me back this is you know this is what happened to me uh, they share a great deal and it is an enormous privilege so what you say about the the, the boundary bit is is, is actually totally unexpected really because when people are sharing that you know it does sort of it does border friendship 
uh, closeness, mm-hmm. you know, shared intimacy, as, as you say, because they're opening up and, and you're listening and you're supporting and it, it does build that connection, which as long as you can absolutely keep within the professional demeanor as it, as it absolutely needs to be, then you can manage mm-hmm. it. But I can also attest to some career journeys becoming at the end ones that are friendships and I've actually done that uh, in an instance where at the end of the journey the client said to me you know when you're next in the location where I live I would love to to meet up with you and things like that and I said actually I would now that that's it is it is aside from the professional part but what we did is we made an amazing connection which was obviously professional but because we worked together over so many months you know we we got to know each other a lot and it was something that we actually both agree we would take forward as a as a friendship and I said I would refer people to her she said she would also refer people to me as a as a coach and I think that's fabulous it it really says a lot about the power of coaching if if people build those types of connections no I mean definitely I just I I I think that it's it's um I mean that's happened to me as well a couple times um yeah, uh, but I would say, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think that's a really clever way to, to have it, basically, um, just having the friendship develop afterwards, because yes, uh, I think um, uh, if you have boundaries being a bit blurry while the no. process is going on, it's no. just, it's just, um, yeah, it's just a slippery slope, because yes. really, I, I think that it's really important for the client to kind of see you as blankly yes. as possible. And just not necessarily know that some of their topics that they bring up might resonate with some of your life because you know it's just a yeah it's just um it's it's interesting it's also i mean obviously you know so we're dealing with humans and so in a way there is some you know it's um you're still i mean you are you know you do get kind of you know moved by situations yeah or, you do. Well, we're not person, but we're not robots either i mean i've had people yeah, tell me you just try to keep it professional and and it's really on the coach to keep things professional and and yeah it's it's definitely happened to me before where i've had you know clients ask me to hang out or something you know while we were working together and i would always say you know just not not until we're done with the coaching process. Um, yeah. I mean, I do appreciate it, and I would love to, but you know, later when we're done working, because um, it's just a, it's just not going to serve you really. And so I do explain it. I just take the time to explain it, and uh, that's why I also don't coach, you know, close friends or no. family members. I always refer them on. I don't so coach much. them, but I do. I do the document writing for them. So I can't tell you how many. CVs I've written for members of my family and close friends. That yeah. part I will do. That's yeah. that's less so, but actual coaching, which is more personal in nature, I find a lot of the clients I have when I when I get under why they made certain decisions in their career, why they left a certain company, why they did that. What's what's happening is is happening in a personal context. So mm-hmm. this is where people are sharing with somebody they've never met, um, and it's really. It's really quite incredible. People will say, um, I've had, I had a client a few years ago tell me, I asked him if he would relocate um, from where he was as part of his job search. And he's a, he's an executive, had lots of op- options open to him. And he told me that he was absolutely not open to relocation. And I asked him why. 
and he said that a few years before that that her son had died and that the son the son's ashes were actually buried in the grounds of the house where his family he and his family lived and he said oh, wow. he said for this reason he said i will never i will never move from here he said do you do you understand and i said yes so you you cannot you cannot go down the career coaching element and keep personal situations out of it the number of people that i've spoken to whose careers have been impacted women who've had miscarriages people who got divorced you know there's just illnesses deaths in people's families it this all comes into discussions at some point probably not on day one but when you're actually asking questions about and trying to understand the career decisions that they've made or they've suddenly left a company and you can't understand why then this comes in so you are a human being you're listening to it you need to keep a bit of detachment from it they're giving you that information and you're taking it in i don't respond very much i just i just take it in and keep going uh, because it's a highly it's highly personal nature yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, it's, it's really i mean yeah it's uh it's it's just um kind of it's it's strange in a sense because it's like in a way you are i mean your humanity and your professionalism kind of clash in that moment yes it's like yes those moments when things get really intense really personal or really emotional and yeah i just i mean i just tend to just kind of in that moment just say okay you know i'm noticing like this is bringing up you know lots of emotions would you like to you know just talk about it but but you know, I'm just kind of, I know I'm feeling things, but I just kind of don't really connect with that in that moment. I'm just trying to hold the space, you know? Yeah. So that's why I find that. I do that. I do that in the first instance. When they, when they first bring up this type of thing, I listen to it and I will, I will respond by saying, I'm sorry to hear that. Or I didn't, I didn't realize that. Thank you for sharing that with me. That kind of response, which is acknowledgement of what they've told me. So, so important. But I, unless they try to, I don't, I don't delve into it at that point, at the first mm -hmm. time, because it's such a big thing they've done in sharing that information. And I'm processing it to try and understand the impact of it. Normally what happens is later on, on the coaching journey, and as they get to know me better and we get a stronger uh, relationship, is that they say more about it. But mm -hmm. in the first instance, I'm not their therapist. I'm their career coach. So I just need to understand, okay, this situation that happened, this event impacted you. And I hear that. And then we just like move on. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a careful, it's a very careful, it's a very delicate way of dealing with the life events that come up. Um, but yeah. yeah, this isn't, this is not, this isn't actually ugly. This is a really amazing, amazing part. But I do, I do see that it's challenging for clients to do this with people that you know they don't know that well <laughs> yeah they're sharing yeah. it's just such a it's such a privilege right so yeah anything else you would like to add on the good the bad the ugly episode no i'm sure uh we could do an entire series about it but uh for today uh yeah. i don't know i think we've covered a lot of ground as always great well thank you so much for your time i love doing these collaborations with you as always thank you so much you're the best host Thank 